Race to Walk Podcast, Episode 22. Welcome to the Raise to Walk Podcast, where we're walking out the life of faith. Romans 6, verse 4 reads, As Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And this show is designed to help you do just that. Now here's your host, Carla Alvarez. Thank you for joining me for the Race to Rock podcast. So in the last episode, we talked a little bit about the discerning of spirits. And in this episode, we're going to discuss the verse 1 Thessalonians 5.19, which is about uh, which says, quench not the spirit. A lot of people are familiar with, with that verse, but not everyone will agree on what it means. So first of all, there are a few guidelines that one should follow when interpreting a passage of scripture. The first guideline is to read it in context, not only in the context of the entire passage, but also in the context of to whom it was written as well as when. God's word stands forever, and it is as true and relevant for us today as the moment as when it was written. It is also true that there are layers of meaning to scripture. Those layers, however, will not ever negate the most simple and obvious interpretation. So what is the context of that passage? The letter was written to the church at Thessalonica by Paul, and it is one of his earliest letters. It is dated around 51 AD and was written when Paul was in Corinth. It is primarily a letter of encouragement to the young church there and clarified a few points they were confused about regarding Christ's second coming. That's still a point of confusion for many of us today. He also stressed the importance of being ready at all times. The final chapter, chapter 5, begins with a warning to always be ready for Christ's return, for it will come suddenly. Then the next section of verses talks about how they should behave and handle themselves as Christians. If someone was a new Christian and learned nothing else except for these next 10 verses, they would be doing pretty well. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 beginning in verse 12. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone, See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. The letter then ends with Paul commending them to God and asking them to pray for him and for each other. Reading the verse in the context of the rest of the passage, particularly examining the verses it follows, which is all about the second coming, and being prepared for the return of Jesus, it is very obvious that the operation and guidance of the Holy Spirit is a primary key in the ability to do that. So, it says not to stifle or quench the Holy Spirit. 
And what it's saying here is don't deny the gifts of the Spirit. And this is reiterated in 1 Corinthians 12.31. And then next it says, do not scoff at prophecies. God does speak to and through his people. He is a personal God who wants a personal relationship with each one of us. And then it says, test everything that is said. We have to have discernment and good judgment, and the discerning of spirits through the guidance of the Holy Spirit plays the primary role in that. And then finally, we are to hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. Sometimes we think this is obvious, but very often it is not. Sometimes the biggest danger is what we think is good. And Jesus talked about that in Matthew six twenty-two through 23 Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness how deep that darkness is. Being led by the Holy Spirit is a key component to growing in the Christian walk. Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit came, he would guide us into all truth. And that is in John 16, 13. If we quench or stifle his work in our lives, our life in Christ will be dead, powerless, empty, and false. Again, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul warns Timothy about the dangers of, of end times deception and pairs it with de- denying the move of the Holy Spirit. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. The passage above also illustrates another way we can quench the Spirit. The Holy Spirit not only empowers, but he corrects. The Holy Spirit is a power that makes us godly. His purpose is to carry out the will of God by working in our lives, purging out the evil, as the psalmist mentions in Psalm 51, 10-12, and transforming us, as Paul states in Romans 12, 2, so that we can become more and more like Christ. And Jesus spoke about this in Luke eleven thirty three through 36 No one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. Make sure the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight were filling you with light. God through the Holy Spirit is the only one that can transform us. We can't do it on our own or on our own power. It is only by humbling ourselves before God and submitting to Him that it can happen. But He won't do it unless we ask Him to, and if we refuse that help, If we quench the Spirit by ignoring the gentle conviction, we are denying the only power that can save us. 
The book of Acts opens with an introduction by Luke and an account of Jesus' final words to his followers, which includes the following, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If you read through the Gospels, one thing that you will note is that Jesus didn't just go around Israel talking. He spoke, and his words were confirmed by signs and wonders. His authority was confirmed by the power of the Holy Spirit when he healed the sick, cast out demons, and raised the dead. And he told his disciples that they would do greater works than he did. And that was in John fourteen twelve, And they did. Read the book of Acts. There is story after story of miraculous signs and wonders, lame walking like in Acts 3, 1-11, people in one place and then translated somewhere else in the next, as in Acts eight twenty six through 40 angels showing up as in Acts 12, and demons being cast out in Acts 16. If it were a movie, critics would say the storyline was too fantastical. We are to have faith, but God never asks us to have blind faith. We are to test everything for truth, and since God has shown himself faithful, Psalms 136 and the entire rest of the Bible is about the faithfulness of God, we know we can trust him to carry through on the rest. We are without excuse. And in Acts 5, 30-32, it says, The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him on the cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as Prince and Savior. He did this so that the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, who is given by God to those who obey him. The Holy Spirit comes in power to those who obey him and and provides evidence and proof of God's word. But God is always about permission. He gave us free will, and even after we come to Christ, he still respects that. If you don't want the gifts of the Spirit operating in your life, don't worry, He won't push it on you. If you aren't interested in cleaning out the dark corners of your life and and mind, He won't sweep it out unless and until you ask Him to. And if you aren't open to the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that Jesus and Peter and Paul walked in, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, don't worry, He won't force that on you either. So let's talk about when the Spirit is quenched. I recently experienced a quenching. Last night, someone in my power prayer class was in a lot of pain from a pinched nerve. I knew that the pastor would pray for her, and not only would he pray for her, but he he would expect her to actually be healed. I also knew that the person was open to receiving that healing by God. As soon as she said it, I knew the Holy Spirit was just waiting to heal her. I could feel it. The pastor had everyone in the class, it was a small class, but still go to pray for her. A couple of us prayed for the pain to go, and I could feel the the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's just so strong. Then someone started praying, and it was obvious that they thought we shouldn't be praying assertively for her healing. Their prayer was along the lines of, if it's your will, healer, if you need to use the doctors, go ahead and do that. At this point, I wasn't praying for the person who needed healing anymore. I was praying for the person who was praying for them. I felt like saying, dude, if nothing, it is God's will. Read it. Isaiah 53, 5 says, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighted him down. 
and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Jesus was whipped to the point of death, 39 lashes so that we can be healed. It covered every sickness and disease, and I think pain was covered with the first lash. As this person was praying, the presence of the Holy Spirit left. It was totally quenched. The pain did decrease a little bit after that, but I think there was just too much unbelief and resistance on the part of at least one person there for full healing. Afterwards, when that person wasn't there, we prayed again for her, and then it went. It reminded me something that my pastor said once. Jesus could only do minor miracles in his hometown because they were so closed with unbelief. And that's recounted in Matthew 13.58 and Mark 6.5. Then he said, if Jesus couldn't, what makes you think you can? One of the most powerful tools of the enemy is unbelief. So thanks for joining me today. And if you'd like the references for anything I've mentioned here, you can go to raisetowalk.org slash 22. And now let's end with a prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you came and lived a sinless life and then gave yourself as a willing sacrifice on the cross so that your blood could atone and purify our sins. And we thank you that not only that, that you did that so that we could be in relationship with you, but so that we could have the presence of the Holy Spirit when we accept you as Lord and Savior. And we thank you for that precious gift, not only for our eternal salvation, for the opportunity to walk in the same power that raised you from the dead. And so I ask you, Lord, that each of us fully realize the extent of the gift that you gave us and that we take advantage of that gift and that we open ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit, that we clean out all, that you would clean out all the strongholds in our life, those dark corners that would keep us from experiencing that fully. Let us be sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit, to respond to your prompting, and to be quick to act. And we ask all of this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Raised to Walk podcast. We'd love for you to continue to walk with us, so head over to raisedtowalk.org slash news to get free updates. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time. If you've been enjoying the Raised to Walk episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We also love to get feedback from our listeners, so tell us what you think by either rating or reviewing us on iTunes or Stitcher, or by sending us an email at contact at raisetowalk.org. We're excited to have you join us again next time for another episode of Raised to Walk.